Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 108. And tonight, we do not have a Night Vale episode to recap. So we're going to talk about a bunch of other things that are sort of cropped up here and there in the nerdosphere. Uh, do you have a suggestion of which one we should hit first? I absolutely do. But first of all, going to need some beer for this one, I think. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So what are you drinking today? I am drinking actually a Corona, which is the beer of I would like a beer, but I do have to get up tomorrow. So, ah, Well, I'm actually having Deep River Brewery finally release their 4042 stout in cans. So Ooh. I'm having one of these. Very nice. But yeah, do need a little bit of something to fortify myself because what I want to talk about first is the Battle Angel Alita trailer dropped a few days ago. And I have such mixed feelings about this. I really, really do. I mean, I believe it's Cameron is one of the directors, oh, yes. right? He's somebody who's been wanting to do this for years. I think since like, you know, 2000, he's wanted to be able to do this for about 17 years now. Finally getting a chance. I watched the trailer. Trailer's beautiful. I mean, the effects are just gorgeous looking. And it looks like they've captured the right feel of Scrapyard City. And before we go too much further, I should say that I did for once, actually, like while you were talking, I went ahead and looked it up. Okay, so James Cameron is one of the writers. He's one of the screenplay people. Oh. It's Robert Rodriguez is the director. And that's a guy who's got chops as well. But you're right. The trailer is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's wonderful to look at, except for one thing. <sighs> Alita's eyes. And I think you and I aren't alone in this. There's a lot of people talking about how fucked up her eyes are looking. It is so stupid. They've decided to give her anime eyes, I suppose, to, I don't know, reflect back. Like, you look at this trailer, and so many of the beats that I see in this trailer are right out of the original Battle Angel Alita VHS anime that we watched back in the 90s. And <laughs> it's they're obviously pulling from the source material, and that's great. And so maybe, I guess, there was an idea to make it look even more anime by giving her these giant alien eyes? The only thing I can think is that they wanted, you know, because of course you've got the Uncanny Valley going on really hard in this. Every time she looks up at the screen, you're like, oh, what the hell's up with your eyes? They wanted it to be obvious that she's not human, which I think kind of misses the point of the yeah. original video or and the original manga to think about that is that so many people in the Scrapyard City were cyborgs or had some kind of cyborg tech. She's human, I believe, or she's, you know, lo supposed to look human, just an innocent, you know, young lady, almost a girl, but she can do amazing, violent things with this body and this brain that she has. So the fact that they wanted to make her unsettling feels wrong. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know why they thought that was important. I mean, she's got some very beautiful cyborg arms in all of these pictures of her in the trailer. So, you know, it's obvious that she's a cyborg. So why the eyes? I was following a thread over on Adam Warren's Twitter feed, and you can find him. I think he's Empowered Comic is his Twitter name. I should have that memorized because me and the Adam Warren love, we go way back. But... <laughs> He was commenting on that. He just didn't quite see what they were going for. And somebody else said, well, if they were trying to pull from the source material and make her look like the character, they missed the mark in that respect because they should have given her the octopus sucker mouth. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. That's totally true. It's way more about the lips than the eyes. Well, I mean, my idea is if they were trying to pull from the source material and, you know, make this look like anime, 
why didn't everybody get anime eyes? I mean, it's just, you need to do all or none at this point because they're just setting her apart in this one unnecessarily, I think. Yeah, I, I think we've just hit that area of Hollywood where nobody's asking the question just because we can do something, does that mean we should? I mean, it's just like they had the technology to go in and digitally edit out her real eyes and give her these strange anime eyes and someone said, wow, we can do that? Let's do it. I'm like, but wait, hang on, stop. God. (laughs) Well, there was a really good article written on the Waypoint website and it's um, Alita Battle Angel doesn't understand why anime characters have big eyes. And if you guys get a chance, go ahead and check out this article because it goes into a little bit of the history of anime and manga and all the influences like uh, Osamu Tezuka, I think is how you pronounce the artist who created Astro Boy. He did that wonderful Buddha series that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. read. He's basically the father of manga and his influences in a big way was Disney. Think movies like Bambi, where they had great big eyes. And right. also, you know, there's a little bit more, well, probably a lot more history in about the fact that there was westernization involved and, you know, Japanese becoming interested in, you know, lots of Western influences. And also the fact that in the West, you had the World War II propaganda films, which always you know, depicted the Japanese with these tiny little evil eyes. And there was sort right. of a movement away from that sort of thing in their art. And then the idea that the women would always have bigger eyes because it's considered more feminine. So, yeah, there's so much going on. And then the creators of Battle Angel Alita has just decided, I know, let's give her big eyes for no reason. Right. And I'm looking at a picture of it right now. If you go into IMDb and look at, they've got a little trailer link right there on the homepage for Battle Angel Alita 2018. And just in this one little picture, I'm like, could you have not... If you wanted to go for the anime eyes, couldn't you have maybe gone a little more subtle? Because you look at it right now, and they look like fish eyes. I mean, they are they are kind of. It's. I know the thing about to me the anime eyes and the manga eyes and everything. It never bothered me. I know a lot of people like to stomp up and down on that. Why they all got such big eyes? You know, I always thought they were pretty. This isn't pretty. This is kind of repulsive. Well, it also reminds me a little bit of Cthulhu stories and Ooh. all of the one because you have various types of Cthulhu stories and one of them is the race of you know humans that are sort of mutated or going back to you know their prehistoric ancestors and they look fish-headed great right. big gaping eyes and that is always going to be disturbing and that's the feeling that I get from this trailer with her eyes I know and there's just but there's so much else to really like about the trailer I mean it's going to be heavily special effect and CGI'd and all the digital effects and the fights and everything it has to be I totally get that but it just looks so pretty in so many respects and you've got Christopher Waltz in there is playing Ido which I think is a masterful choice I mean that's just a great <laughs> great idea um, interesting that there don't seem to be in the top listed actors not a single Asian person which seems to be like that's going to be problematic and that was this article the Waypoint article that I read they talked about there was such a backlash against Ghost in the Shell and the whitewashing and the fact that why didn't you cast an Asian actress for the main character and some people pointed out well the original character wasn't even Asian and now I think we're getting kind of far afield but that 
one of the ideas that people have had about why with this whole huge eye thing with the main character is that they're trying to avoid whitewashing. They're trying to say, look, this goes back to the anime. So obviously we're respecting, you know, the culture. And I'm thinking, well, no, actually you're not because you haven't gotten it right. I know it's, I don't, I don't want to bag on something before it comes out, but I think we're going to have another ghost in the shell here. I think it's going to be something that people have wanted to do and wanted to see for a very long time. And Hollywood got their mitts on it and is not going to be respectful. And it's just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm calling it right now that 2018's, hang a second. What's the release date of this thing? One minute. July 2018. Ooh, just in time for Comic-Con. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, the the nerds are going to have something to talk about one way or the other. Yes, I know. Well, at least there won't be a, maybe there won't be a huge hype during Comic-Con. Maybe it'll already be out and everyone will be trying to pretend that it hasn't happened by then. Oh, oh no. Preview night for Comic-Con is Wednesday, July 18th. This Uh movie comes out July 20th. So right smack in the middle of Comic-Con. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be interesting. You you and I have loved this movie, this uh, franchise, ever since the 90s. And uh, I would really, really love for them to do this right somehow to make this right. But I guess we'll be keeping an eye on this. A great thing to be shy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you suppose the chances are at the backlash of this? Everybody jumping up and down and talking about how stupid it looks. Do you suppose they'd scrap it? I mean, you would figure they'd have to have the original reel without the digitalized eyes. Maybe they'll just take it away? Maybe. Would they? I mean, you were the one that told me that Henry Cavill had a CGI removed mustache in the mm. uh, latest uh, Justice League movie. So... It's very possible. I mean, they couldn't possibly make it worse, could they? No. And I did hear about, you know, of course, all the foo-foo about Kevin Spacey being not the greatest human being on the planet. And um, there's a movie that has been filmed and pretty much completed, and they're going to take him out of it. And there's even some... There's going to be some reshoots, and they're putting in another actor, but there is some talk about replacing his head on the scenes with another actor's head. And I'm like, can they really do that? Is the technology at that point? I'm really fascinated to see how all this shakes out for House of Cards, because... I mean, I, w- I thought for a second that Robin Wright had just lost her chance to be the president in an entire season, which is how they ended the last season with her being president and saying, it's my turn. Um, so the fact they're still going on with it, I'm happy for her. I just hope they're able to do it right. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed on that one. I've, everybody who knows me knows that I hated the most recent season of House of Cards. I mean, flat out hated it which is a strong word but you know it was like they forgot how to make the series yeah they were well they we've talked about this before they do it with they did it with west wing when aaron sorkin left they did it in true blood the showrunner leaves and they try to either recapture the voice and don't do it or they end up going in a completely different direction i don't know i think there's some people who probably like the most recent season of house of cards they're just I don't know. They're liking a completely different show is what it is. It feels like it. So yeah. but anyway, in a completely unrelated tangent, I was trying <laughs> to find a connection to that and I failed. Nah. So you just finished watching uh, the Christmas episode from last year of Doctor Who. Yes. Do- the return of Dr. Mysterio, I think. And I think I went into this pretty well prepared because 
Out of all the people I know who saw this episode, nobody loved it, and several people I've talked to really hated it. So I came in with my expectations properly lowered, and I thought it was fine. You it know, was adorable. I yeah, yeah, it was it was really cute. Obviously, there's plot holes and things that people can get upset about, and that's fine. But I mean, it was Doctor Who meets the superhero genre. I think that's cute. I loved the scene where the main character's love interest is mm-hmm. um, interrogating the doctor, but she's interrogating him by squeezing a little squeeze toy noisemaker <laughs> thing. I would not have thought that would work, but they made it work so well. I mean, just the look on the doctor's face every time she squeezes that thing at him. I also like the fact that he was really impressed by her because she was extremely intelligent, a very good investigative journalist. And she even called it at one point. She said, you're not working for any kind of committee. You're not used to people talking to you like this. So that means you don't have a boss. And he said something about how intelligent she is and that he doesn't usually listen to people for very long. So, I mean, it was it was fun. And I also liked, I mean, the really cute little bit. She said, I, I think I like you better with your superhero costume. And he's like, well, I, I can't really change into it. And she's like, here, I'll help you. And she puts his glasses on. I'm like, yes. oh. <laughs> It was so cute. It was very, very fun. I really, I I liked it. I mean, I could see why there were some people who thought it was lacking and whatever. But there's a lot of people who don't like the 12th Doctor for a lot of reasons. And it wasn't very wibbly wobbly timey wimey. But, you know, it had a it had a good bad guy. It had a good arc. It was a cute story. I think it was very fun. And a little, it was sort of the final goodbye to River Song in a way. So just to, to say that that's... This was the adventure that he had after leaving River, after, you know, he finished up the their last night, which lasted, what, 25 years, I think it was? 24 or 25, yeah, Aww, something like that. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was cute. I, I think I, I enjoyed it. I think it was fun. Now I have to watch all 12 episodes. Ah, I don't know, because we've got the Christmas special that's coming up. Is that going to be the introduction of the newest Doctor? I don't know, actually. Okay. I'm, I'm right. completely behind on that. We've only watched a few episodes of this latest season that dropped a little while ago, and I've been enjoying it. Some of it's been nice. Sometimes I think it gets up to the ending, and you're sort of left with, oh, wait a minute, I think you needed a little bit more to resolve this, or maybe I wish you would explain things a little bit differently. But otherwise, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Okay. All right. Well, I, I got to get caught up on that. I'll tell you one thing I finally did finish up watching and you and I hadn't talked about the fact that we were going to talk about this this episode but I I can't help myself I finally watched the final season of Futurama oh and you have now gotten further than we have because I think we only got most of the way through the second to last season well, there's a meme out there that has got all these pictures from various episodes and it says, you know, bills itself as a comedy, tears your heart out. There are so many episodes. I started with season seven. I've seen some of the previous seasons when it was on different networks, but I started with season seven because that's what's on Netflix. And there are just a few episodes in there that you're watching it and they do something that kicks you in the feels so hard. And I'm like, what is that? What's up with this show? But yeah, the final episode, I thought that was a very, very good episode. And I've seen it actually pop up now on several different ratings of the best season finales of all time, series finales of all time, I should say, right up there apparently with the Breaking Bad series finale. And I'm like, yeah, really? that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Now I'm a little yeah. worried about the kicking in the feels thing because, okay, did you ever see the episode about Fry's dog? Oh, um, they did actually show clips at one point of that happening where 
he had said, you know, the dog is, he, he got to live a whole nother life after I went on. And then you see the scenes outside of the pizza place and the dog just waited there forever. forever you know? just, basically, that was the dog's life was that he waited in front of that pizza place hoping Fry would come home until he died. And I just, oh. I saw that and I was flabbergasted that I was actually in tears at the damn cartoon. <laughs> well, everybody's talked about that. This is just traumatizing. Everyone wants oh, yeah. to why did you do that? Yeah. And I will say right now, all the kicks in the field stuff, not like that. Okay. I mean, not not the depressing kind of kicks in the fields. Definitely the kind of like bittersweet. Like it makes you sad, but happy. But that's just flat out depressing. <laughs> that's just with the really dog. Oh, oh, yeah. My God. Yes. Oh, so, yeah. No, so no. Cool. So now I guess maybe Nathan and I need to finally finish watching that. Just, you know, send off the show. Yeah. And there's uh, there's one episode with Fry where he actually, they have to sort of figure out a mystery. And so they put him into kind of a dream state where he's reliving every moment of his last day before he goes into the deep freeze. And, you know, he's got, you know, they're talking to him every once in a while, trying to get him to hurry up and whatever. But he's basically with his family for that last day. And the mystery itself, I think, is kind of BS. But it's just what happens with his family that I'm watching. And I'm just like, what the hell is up with this show that's supposed to be a comedy? I mean, my God. <laughs> so yeah, I, th- I think you'll enjoy it, I think. But the very final episode, good wrap-up, really good wrap-up. Good. Okay. Well, I'm glad they can do that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and I can't really do a whole lot of spoilers about it, but Nathan and I finally finished watching Twin Peaks The Return. All hey. 18 episodes. Wow. And? And? I just don't know. I don't think anybody (laughs) knows. I mean, the way they left it, you're just like, that's it? You could have a whole philosophy semester on this season. Not just the whole show, this season. I just, so weird, so bizarre. Very satisfying in a way, but still just bizarre. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. Now, The whole thing was in the original Twin Peaks, and it ends with Cooper, you know, asking, what is it? Is Annie okay? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Annie? Right. So was that kind of addressed, or did they just leap over that and ignore that that had happened? Okay, um, I'll start with some minor spoilers from the first season. You see Cooper is now a bad guy, and he is running around doing horrible, horrible things. And the idea is that the real Cooper is trapped in the Black Lodge. And Cooper, his doppelganger, possessed by Bob, I believe, is running around doing horrible things. That's kind of where you start out. But you do see a lot of people, a lot of characters from the old seasons. Some of them get resolutions, some of them don't. Uh, Every now and then you will go off on a tangent with these minor characters. Sometimes it goes absolutely nowhere. Sometimes something happens and I just look at Nathan. So I guess that storyline's over. Well, I mean, I guess that counts as a resolution, I suppose. Even yeah, if you're yeah. like, what the hell? So, <laughs> boy, yeah, he's, I think this is his masterwork. I think he, some of this I think he's had an idea about since the, he did the first two seasons. Some of it has probably been percolating in his brain and has been informing other things that he's done. And he's been using elements from other movies as themes to pull into this one and just really amazing. I mean, I, I would actually like to sit and watch uh, all three seasons now in a row to try to see if there's anything more that I can get out of this. But really, he doesn't make it easy for you at all. No, he never does. I mean, did you ever see Mulholland Drive? 
Yes. Oh, my God. I love that movie. (laughs) I do, too. But there's so much. I feel like every time I've seen it, I'm like, I know I'm missing like three quarters of what the hell's going on in this thing, you know? Mulholland Drive is one of those things that makes me really love going to places like IMDb or Wikipedia and reading the synopsis and the trivia. Right. There's just themes and things that you didn't notice and somebody else has taken a look at it and made a suggestion about what this could possibly have meant. And yeah, I love doing stuff like that. And Mulholland Drive's really good for that. If you ever want to like go into... Okay, now the shame about IMDb, though, is that they got rid of their uh, comment forum. And a yes. lot of people have felt that when they did that, nothing of value was lost. But I liked reading it. And people had some very interesting theories on that for a Mulholland Drive. Yeah, but you tend to like to read the comment threads on news stories, which lately I avoid like the plague, because it just brings out this cesspit of humanity, you know? It so does. I'll say again, it's the way that you can find out what arguments don't work. And... It forces you to see the other side. I mean, by finding out how people respond to stuff and being able to say, oh, well, yeah, I guess this really doesn't prove my point because there is a counter to that particular argument. So, yeah, but I don't know. There was a cesspit of humanity in IMDb uh, common threads, too. I mean, really. Whoa, yeah. Just try to follow. If you could ever go into uh, the Wayback Machine and read some of the arguments about uh, Marvel fans versus DC fans. Damn. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like the worst of the worst of humanity there. The, not just the regular trolls, but the comic book trolls. Oh, oh God. Yeah, and the, the really fanatical comic book trolls, too. <sighs> anyway, but... Um, and I don't have a segue for this one, but I did want to kind of get it in there. I've been just trying to catch up on things that I've missed, and I finally, last night, paid the money to rent it through Amazon Prime. I watched Let the Right One In. Oh, and you watched the actual Swedish language one? Yes, I did, with the subtitles, because I don't, I don't do dubbed stuff. No. I just, I, it's too distracting. Well, no, but they made a, um, they did a remake in, uh, uh, the U.S., and it was, oh, did um, they? Let Me In, I think was what they called it. But I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the original one. Oh, I didn't even know it existed. Well, yeah, that's another one that I really enjoyed reading the the trivia for on IMDb. Because, I mean, it was, it was a fascinating movie. Very much a slow burn. But I loved the ending. I thought that was just perfect. The scene in the pool was amazing. Oh, it was just I really love great. That. Oh, I love that. <laughs> God. I mean, it's just, it's really warning right now it's really violent but boy is it satisfying you're just like yes yes all of this with the feet disappearing and that was what i was just about to say that was one of my favorite images of the poor kid you're seeing from his point of view he's being held under the water at the pool and then something is just tearing the bullies apart out of sight and at one point you see somebody being dragged through the water but you can just see their feet desperately kicking away trying to get away so oh it's just great and the smile on his face oh it was really neat now i'll tell you one thing that i totally missed i can see now that they he says that he likes her and she says but i'm not a girl now i was really thinking that what she was trying to tell him was i'm not human you know and technically she's not she's a vampire that's you know sexuality doesn't exist anymore but then at one point you see when she's getting changed and you have that real brief shot of genitalia and something's wrong but i couldn't tell what it was i just thought you know she kind of had scars in the front which she did but that's not what they were saying you go into imdb and you read in the original book back when 
they were made into a vampire. It was a boy who was castrated at the very same time they were being made into a vampire. So right. yeah. she's really not a girl. And I thought, oh, I missed that completely. I actually read the original book and I liked it. And there are some there are some differences. I think it's almost a completely different story in places. They spent a lot of time with her guardian. And yes. it turns out he's a pedophile. But oh. he is not... He's he's very weak, extremely weak, and he can't. I don't know that he can really act on his feelings for children, but not because he thinks it's a bad thing. But he's just weak and terrified, and okay. that's why he adores her because she is she is a child, and yet she is not a child, and she right. has power over him. But there was a lot more about. I think the way they did it in the movie, I liked it better that. He's covered himself in acid to try to kill himself and to keep him from being traced back to her. And she goes up to the hospital room and he yes. opens the window and he pulls off his mask to make sure that she has access to his neck so she can kill him. I just, wow, I really like that scene. Yeah. In the book, there's this whole thing where he accidentally gets turned into a vampire and then he come, becomes oh. a revenant. And the only thing that he can think about is getting back to her because he obviously wants to act on what he was never able to act on before. Right. So, but he's mindless at that point. So, yeah, I liked how the movie did that better. Yeah, I was actually, I was making connections in my brain that probably weren't actually there. But I thought what his character was, mm-hmm. was what the main character is now that at some point he had met her when he was a child and fell in love with her and wanted to stay with her and do everything for her. And that was one of the reasons why he said, just please do me a favor and don't see that boy tonight. Because I was thinking, can you imagine what that'd be like, you know, as a boy to fall in love with this ageless, you know, creature, and then you become older but she still stays the same. And you watch the same relationship that you had with her happening with someone new. And that yeah. was the connection that I made that was going on there, which I guess the book, did he meet her when he was an adult then? I think so. I think she may have actually saved him from killing himself because I think he got, I don't know that he assaulted a child, but I think there was some scandal that happened because of his attraction to children. And I think he was possibly going to kill himself. And she kind of, in a way, saved him because basically he now had a purpose in his life. But it's been a while since I read the book, so I would have to go back. It's a very good book. I liked it a lot. But the last thing about his character, though, that really jumps out at me, he was really bad at killing people. I mean, he just was really incompetent. Which is why I always thought that he must have met her when he was already older, because he can't have been doing that for very long. God, no. I just, I mean, both times I'm like, really? You're going to kill this person out in the open where anybody can walk up, and then you're going to kill somebody who's clearly got people waiting for him? I mean, it was just... It was, yeah, and then even the the killing himself with the acid, which did disfigure him, but didn't kill him. I don't know. The other thing I liked with the woman who caught fire in the hospital room, that was really well done. That was really was. dramatic. Yeah, and I loved how calm she was when she asked him, could you open the window, please? Yes. I thought she was going to go for his throat. That's what I thought, but oh, yeah. Oh, man. But now there was neat. another thing that I've been waiting to hear your opinion about, the whole myth with vampires about needing to be invited in and how they yes. do that. Yes, because in this one, it, there wasn't like a barrier stopping her from going in the way there is an angel, which I always did like that one. Um, in this one, she could totally go inside, but then 
she started bleeding all over the place, Everywhere. like out of her and eyes and ears. Yeah. Really creepy. I mean, there was a sound going on when that was happening. And she's literally, yeah. it looks like she's about to shake herself to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, oh, that was neat. And then she was really, they did such a great job. I hear that they had hired that actress because at that age, so this movie's like nine years old, I guess. Uh-huh. At that age, she was extremely androgynous looking. She really could have been a little boy or a little girl. But what I didn't know was that that wasn't her voice. They did get another person to do her voice because her real voice is a little too feminine. And so they wanted to make her more intimidating and even more androgynous. Yeah, and there was something when her guardian failed to bring blood back for her that one night and she's shouting at him. It really did sound monstrous when you couldn't actually see her shouting. I mean, the voice was obviously something that wasn't quite human. Yeah. Boy, it was really satisfying when the main character blocked that kid up the side of the head with the pole. I didn't thought it was going to happen. I was like, wow, I know violence isn't the answer, but that was satisfying. Um, Other things we're trying to catch up on. We still haven't watched any more of The Defenders. We ought to get to that, but I'm sorry. They dropped the second season of The Crown, and we have to watch it. <laughs> I haven't watched any of The Crown yet. I, I'm the only person in the family who hasn't watched any of The Crown. You, Mom, Dad, Hannah, you've all watched The Crown, not me. Yeah, well, it's very good. Um, I'm just addictive to watch this. And and the doctor is playing her husband, and he's not a perfect person. So that's fascinating to watch. It's been so weird at work. We have this big screen TV that's off to the side. Usually it's playing news or whatever, but sometimes it's got ads. Or And they were showing this ad for The Crown, and somebody pointed over. They're like, oh, it's the guy from The Crown. And I look over, and I was like, that's the doctor, okay? It's, <laughs> I haven't watched any of The Crown to hear someone see his face and not call him Eleven. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Have you watched any of The Punisher yet? No. You? No. Not, it's, I we need to finish watching The Defenders, I think, before we watch Punisher. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bad at TV, obviously. <laughs> the last episode of Futurama came out in 2013, so oh, I'm a little behind. God, has it been that long? It doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah. September 4, 2013. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Damn. Well, that's going to wrap us up then for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com. Stephanie and Jordan are at PlayStation Experience right now. And so I think Jordan had a bunch of interviews that he did. And Stephanie's been taking pictures. So make sure to look out for that. We've got the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the podcast, Leland's Spookeasy podcast, and the Lost in Sci-Fi podcast, which uh, from what I hear, we almost lost a couple episodes due to a computer malfunction. But Oops. Leland had stuff backed up. So oh, we're all good. good. So yeah, yeah. So make sure to check all that out. Pixelatedgeek.com. No idea what we're talking about next week. Maybe we'll have a Night Vale, I think. Maybe. I think so, actually. I think that's coming up in a few days. And then, of course, we're almost here at Christmas. Or what is it? Winter Halloween? Is that what Night Vale called it? I think so, yeah. Or Something they don't like make as much of a fuss about Christmas as you would think that they do. Which is totally makes sense. So, yeah. But we're going to find something to talk about. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. Later.